Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. Welcome to the Avid Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Hart, CEO of Avid, unleashing your potential. Today on the show, I have Vishal Khanna, 2015 Content Marketer of the Year. Vishal beat out other companies from IKEA, Marriott, Emerson, GoPro, and Computer Sciences Corporation. Vishal is currently the Digital Marketing Director at Wake Forest Innovations. Well, Vishal, welcome to the Avid Podcast. Uh, let's get started. Um, Thanks so much, John. You're welcome. Can you tell me about the organization you support? Um, I, I know it's not the typical business uh, that I usually talk to. So Wake Forest Innovations is uh, the B2B arm for Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center, which is a top 50 academic medical center located in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, it's part hospital or hospital network, actually, and part school of medicine. Uh, we, we were created, uh, like a few of our counterparts out there, in response to a sort of changing business environment for uh, academic discovery, really. Um, and, you know, we sort of had a perfect blend of, of problems arise in, and, and not just this academic medical center, but all academic medical centers. And on, on uh, one side, um, Medicare payouts uh, were changed with the Affordable Care Act, where uh, a lot of clinical environments were seeing less revenue come in, at least for a brief period of time, which really affected bottom lines for hospitals. But especially on the um, basic science side, uh, NIH funding over the past five or six years has 
been limited drastically. And, and as such, a lot of the opportunities that the NIH offered for basic scientists, these are immunologists coming up with new vaccines, oncologists coming up with new cancer therapeutics. Uh, all these folks have found that some of the funding sources they used to have aren't there anymore. And, and because of that, a trend is occurring where universities are looking at a different way to relate to industry as a new or, or in some cases, primary source of funding. And, and what Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center did with Wake Forest Innovations, which started in late 2012, is invest exactly in that. And so what we do is we handle sort of two key components of the university's relationship with, with industry. First, we develop and license our own technologies. Um, this could be a software. Uh, it could be a new form of nanotechnology or alternative energy, energy source. Or it could be a new therapeutic for Alzheimer's disease or cancer. All these things that are being developed by the sort of brain trust of our faculty and staff here at our, our university, uh, we help them develop it. And then most importantly, we protect the intellectual property and help them license it out to industry, who can then take these developments and push them further through the drug development life cycle, ultimately to the point where you and me and uh, eventually our children and grandchildren have access to these new drugs to improve health, save lives. So that's part one of what we do. Part two is we help industry when uh, uh, they're do doing the actual drug or device or vaccine or diagnostic development. And it's a bench-to-bedside operation. And what I mean when I say bench-to-bedside, uh, for those outside of, of the biotech industry, is uh, we, we help industry uh, at every stage of the drug and device development lifecycle from bench or our basic science labs where we test different uh, chemicals, reagents, see which ones are more effective in, or have the potential for more effectiveness in treating a disease or other, other condition. To preclinical studies, those are animal trials. Think, for example, a unique mouse model to treat Alzheimer's disease. And, uh, being able to help industry assess the effectiveness of their novel candidate drugs in uh, these novel, uh, unique preclinical models. And, and finally, human uh, clinical trials, uh, the final stage in drug development before uh, a drug can be released to the population. And so what we do is we assist industry in developing their own drugs, their own devices, et cetera, using the resources of our medical center, which include our faculty, many of which are international leaders in whatever their field is, as well as the assets we have, these you know, rather expensive imaging uh, systems that can really go into detail and, and test whether or not a drug is working. My job in the marketing department of Wake Forest Innovations is, is quite frankly to generate new business opportunities for our, our faculty here. That's part one of what I do. Part two, I um, help market a area called Wake Forest Innovation Quarter. It's about 150 acres in downtown Winston-Salem. And it's an innovation district, including startup companies, large big data companies, academic groups, biotech companies, and so on and so forth. And, and you know, my, my job there is quite different than the other one. And my goal is really to help build community through digital communications and marketing. Two, in, in many ways, completely opposite jobs. But it keeps right. things interesting. Right. Well, it's a, it's a fascinating business that you support. Um, but we're talking today in part because you won the 2015 Content Marketer of the Year. Um, and you had some stiff competition uh, from Ikea, Marriott, GoPro, Emerson. 
I'm curious, what does that winning something like that, that award, mean to you? Well, uh, I think first of all, you know, the competition you mentioned are absolutely stellar individuals, and um, these are people I look to for influence. So, uh, you know, being in the same category as them was was its own award, even even before the actual award came. But, you know, I think uh, winning the award has been absolutely fantastic for me, and I'm utterly humbled. I think a lot of folks in marketing, especially, uh, we work in a space where we always feel like we're not doing enough, and mainly because the the amount of success you have, in a lot of ways, is directly related to the amount of sweat you put into your 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 project and the passion you put into your your job. And, and so, receiving the award was a validation that even though a lot of times I don't feel like I'm doing close to enough, uh, you know, there are successes in in what we're doing and. And uh, especially with, with my team, you know, the award, and I, I remind them, I say, look, we won this award because, you know, we're, we're seeing successes and what we're doing is, is working. And, and, you know, that helps motivate the group as well, uh, especially when we're navigating new landscapes where we're not totally sure if a strategy we're going to put into place is going to work or not. Um, and, and the reason for that is simply that a lot of what we do and, and the space we're working in hasn't, hasn't really been navigated before. Well, so tell me a little bit about that award and, and more importantly, the work that led to it. Sure. So a lot of the, the work that, that led to the award was directly connected to our research services operations. And so uh, I came on in the summer of 2013 to Wake Forest Innovations uh, at the same time that a sales team came along and, and, and we sort of partnered together. Uh, first of all, a sales team in a university is pretty novel in its own form. A, a sort of aggressive digital marketing team inside of a university also, at least in this space, is, is pretty novel. And, and so we, we worked pretty closely together to develop a, a robust inbound and content marketing program uh, where we were engaging with, I would say, about eight or 9,000 potential buyers, suspects in, in the um, pharmaceutical and device space, and we're using a range of sort of strategies, email marketing, uh, content marketing, a lot of ebooks and white papers and insight articles that we were developing to create engagement with our target audience and moving them through a buyer's life cycle. And, and what we found as we sort of moved through was that our strategies were working. We were generating a, a large mass of leads coming in off of this program, and our salespeople were able to convert those into, into a place where we, over a year's time, we doubled our revenue. Um, off of a lot of these strategies. The greatest success uh, uh, by far was SEO, uh, though, you know, even bigger than, inbound, uh, than email marketing. SEO just did a fantastic job in, in delivering leads for us. Wow. But a lot of the content itself was really driving it and, and our pushes out via email to our target audience. Um, so we, we saw, you know, I believe it was a 600% increase in marketing qualified leads and, and a double of revenue. Uh, I think that year we delivered about $10 million in potential uh, business opportunities to the organization, which was a, a pretty substantial amount. Uh, looking at our small group and, and what we were able to pull off, uh, we're a little bigger now, but at that time we had uh, one staff member, myself, and uh, one contractor in about 30 hours a week. So there's about two of us, uh, as well as a sort of handful of freelancers that I would reach out to. So. Being able to do that with a small group was, I think, another thing that the folks at the Content Marketing Institute uh, looked at and, and saw as, as validity for small groups that 
you know, we can utilize content to convert into leads at, at almost any corporate level. So Vishal, there's no question in your mind that content marketing has a positive ROI. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, I think without a doubt that that content and, and content marketing specifically has been one of the key drivers of the success we saw here and and what we believe uh, will be a driver of, of ongoing success um, in the future. You know, I think I think the one thing you, you have to sort of keep in mind though with content marketing is you have to have some patience. You know, when you're building relationships and engagement, you know, it takes time to move a person from uh, having no knowledge of your brand or minimal knowledge of your brand to becoming a, a sort of trusted contact uh, and person you engage with. Um, but I think without a doubt, you know, moving away from the hard sell and towards more of a establishment of expertise is, is absolutely for us the best strategy we've seen, uh, even in, in SEO, which is our strongest. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Converter, you know, SEO in, in our space is driven, uh, driven ultimately by content. Uh, everything is sort of at its core driven by what content will convert a user from uh, being a first-time visitor to an engager and finally a client. So Vishal, you and I talked previously about a new challenge ahead for you, and I'm curious, one, what is that, and how is that going to potentially impact your strategy going forward? Sure. Well, you know, we've, we've had a bit of an organizational shift in our research services and, and how we're marketing them. The award and the data the award we're based on uh, as part of a sort of chapter that I consider closed now. And, uh, you know, at the time I was marketing a very distinct set of, of research services that uh, stretched across, uh, generally speaking, a wider swath than I do now. Uh, back then, you know, we could offer uh, content and engagement strategies, uh, the same ones to a population of two or 3,000 people, which meant that, you know, we could, you know, come up with a single strategy for all two or 3,000, uh, engage with them, and nurture and convert them. Well, where we are now is instead of having these sort of you know, services that go across a large swath, we're, we're focusing on very, very distinct and unique capabilities of our faculty that are, are pretty novel. And in a lot of cases, the target audiences for these could be as small as 20 or 30 people. Uh, you know, for example, we're promoting a, a researcher who specializes in uh, assessing the effectiveness of substance abuse drugs, drugs that help out with, with folks suffering from substance abuse. And, and the target audience for that is really 20 or 25 people, tops. Wow. Um, 
And so when we we do that, you know, we the challenge is not necessarily the creation of the content. We're sort of blessed where we are and having, you know, the world's experts at our hands who are are engaged with us and willing to work with us and you know, do interviews, create videos and content. So, so content development is not the challenge. It's more of a challenge of time and being able to manage, say, 20 distinct uh, micro uh, targeted campaigns. Uh, and, and, you know, especially with, with a small group, uh, you know, we, we're a very lean group. And so our strategy has really been thinking about uh, the development of new digital platforms that take into consideration you know, the ability to market these niche groups quickly and effectively, uh, to leverage you know, our limited advertising dollars towards one target and then shift it pretty quickly as, as our, our internal needs change. And, and to do so, what we basically come up with is, is what we're affectionately calling the beast with a thousand landing pages. And, and it's a new site, and, and really every, every page on the site uh, is a squeeze page, it's a landing page, it's made to convert. And so at any time, we can really point our, our sort of lean budget and lean strategy towards any of these niche programs uh, to try to market them and, and strengthen them. You know, the, the nature of, of where we are at a university of about 1,100 faculty members is we really have about 1,100 separate businesses uh, run by each faculty member that we have the potential to market uh, to industry. And, and so we need to have that flexibility to shift gears and create a, a, an effective program for an audience of, of as small as 25 or 30. Now the reason it makes sense for us is you know in that 25 or 30 people a single contract can be worth two or three hundred thousand or you know even the larger contracts you know closer to six or seven hundred thousand. So the effort we put in absolutely has a payoff and, and that's because each individual contract or, or close deal is, is worth a, a relatively large amount, at least in our space. I'm curious, what tips or advice would you have for marketers looking to grow their content marketing efforts? Well, I think, you know, and, and it points back to what I was saying earlier about the blessing we have. Absolutely key across the board is you got to have content experts and, and the ability to sort of tap into the expertise of whoever those subject matter experts are is the first challenge you've got to solve. Once you solve that, a lot of the rest is logistics and, and process. What we, we did here, you know, the first year I was here, probably half of my effort uh, went solely to building relationships with our faculty, uh, you know, going above and beyond to help them out, to meet with them, to discuss with them, to gather the content from them and start to, you know, speak to them about how we're here to help them. And that sort of ambassadorship uh, and that effort put in early on continues to pay off now because there's a level of trust with our subject matter experts. Um, and specifically, they trust that you know, we'll treat them with respect, we'll respect their time, especially, which is extremely limited, and that what we're doing here is trying to help them create new forms of revenue. And, and having that sort of synergistic relationship with these experts, for us at least, has been the primary key to, to being able to be successful knowledge experts and, and having a network of those experts. Are there any tools um, that you would recommend or, or things that you think you, you just have to use this if you're in content marketing today? Uh, I think so. I mean, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, newer solutions out there where you can tap into writers, uh, you know, who, who will then create content for you. For, for you know, I, I speak from, at least from my experience and, and in our 
our distinct area, we, we've actually had a lot of problems with outside writers, specifically because you have to have a, a pretty distinct understanding of, of science. Um, you know, our, our experts are scientists, and in a lot of cases, our potential clients are scientists, and so we have to speak in their language. And we find that outsourcing a lot of that work becomes extremely difficult. So we we keep a lot of a lot of our content development in house just because of that. Now you know that's just my distinct space. I think uh, you know in in another uh, space, working with outside uh, forces could probably be exceptional. Well, so stepping back now, you know, from the award and from from your role today, I'm curious. You know, all award winning marketers, you know, what fuels them? So what fuels you? Um, or, or what drives you to do what you do? Well, you know, I, I, before I came back to the university, and I actually started my career at this university years and years ago, but I left for a while to work in startups. I, I, I didn't really find the passion where I was in, in these software companies. And it's just for me, you know, I mean, there was the sort of the art and science of digital marketing was there, of course. It's wherever you go. Uh, I think we practice a trade, and, and being good tradesmen and women is, is important in its own reward. But you know, for me here especially, I I definitely know and understand that my role in this sort of life cycle of drug development is part of the process of getting these you know drugs and therapeutics out there to patients. Uh, when I see friends and family members suffering from their own health concerns and entering into the healthcare system. The treatments they're getting went through the process that we work on every day uh, 20 years ago or, or even uh, longer. So I understand and I think where we are here, we have a very altruistic point of view inside my group and, and really the entire Wake Forest Innovations group. Most of the people here came here distinctly because they wanted to find a way to help speed up the process of taking novel therapeutics or devices and getting them into patients. And, and you know, my, my goal is exactly the same. You know, I come in and, and, and my goal is how can I help these, you know, amazing faculty members speed up the process of getting these therapeutics into patients. So for me, that, that is the number one driver. I love, the, I love the passion for that purpose. It's a very noble pursuit. What, you know, kind of, again, stepping back, what, what brands or companies do you follow or do you think others should take notice of? Favorite brand across the board um, has nothing to do with healthcare, uh, and, and probably in a way everything to do with it. It's Patagonia, and and specifically what I what I love about them more than anything else, I think this was a stat I read. You know, uh, in 2014, Patagonia made, I think it's about three or four hundred million dollars, and um, while their closest competitor, Lands End, made a lot more, about two million. Uh, Lands End then stated to their investors that. In 2015, they're going to try to grow it to three or four million. Some, you know, traditional growth model. Patagonia, on the other hand, said we're going to make less next year, and they built a whole marketing program around people who buy Patagonia clothing, keeping them longer and not needing to buy more. And they literally took a van and traveled around the country, and they would fix up people's clothing so they they wouldn't have to buy a, a new jacket. And to me, that was absolutely fantastic. This idea of not having to constantly grow your revenue uh, to feed your investors, and then building that idea uh, into their actual marketing program, uh, you know, I think that was fantastic. That is a very unique story, that's for sure, that's for sure. So uh, last question, uh, is my most favorite question to ask all the people <laughs> that come on this show, yeah. 
Uh, so get out your crystal ball. Um, I would love to know what you predict for the future of marketing. I'm going to tell you what I hope will happen in the future of marketing. And, and maybe that'll hopefully suffice. To me, I think one of the, one of the things I'd like to see is, is marketing and, and, and digital specifically entering into product development earlier. And, and what I mean is the way that a product or a service is actually created in advance of it being marketed traditionally hasn't really included marketing or digital at the table, especially when, when the product is not related to marketing or digital. And I'd like to see that change mainly because I, I think that the way we market our products and our services uh, can be ingrained in the actual products and services themselves. And I think that shift to marketing playing a role in, in product development would be a, a very welcome um, addition to, to the next year. That's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Vishal. Alan, thank you. I appreciate it.